the truth is it comes down to Jerry Jones even makes cowboy fans hate him. Here we go. Here we go. This is the Skip Bayless Show. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reading and responding to your questions. If you'd like to have a question featured, remember to tweet at Skip Bayless Show on Twitter or leave your question with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to ask me whatever you want about what goes on behind the scenes at Undisputed, my personal life, or anything in the world of sports. My answers will always be candid, be honest, and be unfiltered. Thanks for listening to The Skip Bayless Show. Enjoy the episode. I like this one from Nico from the Crenshaw District here in Los Angeles. What do you write down on all your pages of notes for either of your shows? Weird, good question. So Nico, my process is what I call flash memory. I need to write down all my thoughts on a topic, and then I need to write down all the ammo I'm gonna need to win that debate. This is on Undisputed, obviously. And I memorize it by writing it in case I need it. So hopefully I've written down every conceivable move I'm going to have to make against Shannon in a debate. I've scripted it out so that it'll be emblazoned in my flash memory if I need to reach for it. I'll glance down occasionally at my notes, but but mostly it's just bam, 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 bam. If he goes here, I'm going to go there to Shay. But if he goes there, checkmate, I got him with that because I'm going to go there. It's flash memory and it gets crazy out there on live TV because it's going way faster than it probably plays to you at home. But because I've written it, I can reach for it and get it without having to find it in my notes because I wrote down the figures. LeBron is averaging 5.6 assists as the team has gone four and 13 since the All-Star break. That just came out of my head because I just wrote it down before we did this. And I'll remember maybe half of it by tomorrow and in 48 to 72 hours, I'll remember maybe a fourth of it, and by next week, I won't remember much of it at all. It's called flash memory. Now, for this podcast, it's a little different because I don't use a teleprompter and for, for storytelling and soliloquizing. I, I need to, to follow the thread a little better so I stay on track. So I'm gonna have to glance down a little bit more because I don't love teleprompters and it makes me read. You rely too much, but mostly here, I've I've written it all down and it's mostly in my memory. 
And again, some of it will fade from memory. And once we've recorded by tomorrow, all this will, like my cowboys, go right in the trash. And I'll forget about it. And here's the point. I never worry about Shannon on Undisputed cheating off me because nobody can read this except me. These are my hieroglyphics that have evolved over taking millions of notes over thousands of days as a columnist slash reporter writing for newspapers and magazines. And let's try another one. Let's try... Oh, here's the third page of Larry Bird. I don't know. I, I probably can't even read it right now. But it helped me to scribble it because my hieroglyphics were emblazoned in my brain. Back to you. Question from the audience. DeAndre from Washington, D.C. Aha. Uh -huh the arch rival of my Cowboys. And it's a Cowboy question, naturally. <clears throat> if the Dallas Cowboys really are America's team, then why are they so hated by so many? Fair question. Number one, Those billions of cowboy haters out there should know that we did not nickname ourselves America's team. I'm lifelong diehard cowboy fan. NFL films did that to us. This was actually my first year in Dallas as the lead columnist for the Dallas Morning News. It's the 1978 season. NFL films put together highlight videos, packages, films for each team. And they had to name or nickname each highlight film. And for the Cowboys 1978 season, they called it America's team. Wow. That's probably in large part because the quarterback for the Cowboys at that point was nicknamed Captain America. Roger Staubach, my all-time favorite cowboy. But I figured this was not going to sit well with the rest of America. And I remember calling the great Drew, Pre uh, excuse me, Drew Pearson, now in the Hall of Fame, finally, Staubach's favorite target, the day after that dropped, America's Team highlight video. And Drew was beside himself. I called him at home. And Drew was a tough guy from New Jersey. And he, he got it that so many people hated the Cowboys. And he realized they had just lost to Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl, 35 to 31, Super Bowl 13. I was there. And Drew realized this was just coal on the fire, man. The flames were going to rage against the Cowboys, and he hated it because he said, we don't think we're America's team. They called us America's team, and obviously it stuck. And look, I will admit over the years that we've had probably more than our share of what I would call 
pretty boys or fat cats or front runners, all of which contribute to cowboy hate. And I will be the first to admit that that they're they're loved because they're they're always pretty to very good. And they always have had the coolest uniforms in sports. I don't care what you say, and that produces love and hate. But that metallic blue, man, Tech Schramm, the sort of original architect of the Cowboys, their first president and GM, once told me that he actually had a TV camera brought into his office when he was selecting that color, and he kept putting colors up to the TV camera to see how they played on what would be television. And he chose that shade of metallic blue just because it was so pleasing to the eye. And then the, they originally had the big white stars on the shoulder pads and obviously the blue star on the helmet and that silver and the white. It's just, it's the coolest uniform in sports, love and hate. And They're hated because in the end, all too often, they just fall right on their pretty faces when it really counts. And I'm the first to admit, I live with that pain. And I'm the first to admit, it seems like it's been forever since they were even in the NFC Championship game, 27 years, okay? Yet. Who's the biggest TV draw in all of American sports to this day? Dallas Cowboys. It's not even close. Every year you can look at the top five games of the year. Cowboys. What team is the most valuable team in all the world? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Does that qualify you as America's team still, even though it's been 27 years? since you even played in an NFC championship game. That brings me finally to the single biggest reason the Cowboys are so hated. And that's because the owner over those last 27 years has insisted on being the team's biggest star. Jerry Jones is, is so ubiquitous. He's so everywhere. He's omnipresent. He, he, is, he does two radio shows a week. He is constantly inserting himself in front of every camera, every microphone. He does post-game interviews that, that no owner ever does on a regular basis. And the truth is, it comes down to Jerry Jones even makes Cowboy fans hate him. Back to two of your questions, which are linked. Two related questions, and they're good ones, at least from my point of view, because they're pretty personal. Rio from Chula Vista, California asks, what is the best birthday present you've ever gotten? Wow, 
That came out of left field. It's actually an easy question for me to answer. On my 14th birthday, a Saturday, my father, to whom I was not close, took me down and bought me a brand new motorcycle he did not want to buy me. It was a little red Honda 90 that maybe top speed would hit 50 downhill with the wind. My mom pushed my dad to buy me said motorcycle. We were not wealthy people. We were strictly middle class. My father ran a little hole-in-the-wall barbecue restaurant on the south side of Oklahoma City, far from where we lived. The money came and it went. Sometimes we had a little, sometimes we had none. Fickle business, the restaurant business. Both my parents suffered from alcohol abuse and my mom was sick and tired of having to have responsibilities of taking me places and picking me up from places. So she said, get him the motorcycle. Obviously I wondered what kid wouldn't want a motorcycle. None of my friends got motorcycles because no way any of their parents would let them have motorcycles. But I got one and how did I get it? I got it on my 14th birthday when my father, sad man that he was, was forced to drive this battered old catering truck that he had at the restaurant, a walk-in catering truck, with me aboard down to the Honda dealership, and he picked one out. They weren't expensive. He said, you want, uh, yeah, I'll take the red one. Okay, let's take that one. And we rolled it up into the the old catering truck, and he drove me down to the license bureau on my birthday that Saturday. And I took the written test, for which I had studied like a madman, and I made a 100 on the written test because I was not gonna flunk. And I took the driving test and passed with flying colors. And in an era that there was no helmet law in Oklahoma City, I hopped on my red Honda 90 and I drove across town to First Christian Church to play in a church league basketball game. It was freezing cold. My birthday's on December the 4th. I had my basketball stuff strapped to the back of it and I was the happiest kid in the world. A couple of weeks passed. My father called me one noontime from the restaurant, it's called the Hickory House, or was called the Hickory House. <clears throat> and he says, I'm looking out the window right now at the intersection outside the restaurant. He said, there's a kid who was riding a motorcycle who got hit by a car. He's now trapped underneath the car. And he said, I'm pretty sure he's dead. And I just wanted you to know, this is what's going to happen to you. My dad was a bad guy, had no use for me. And I listened and I said, I don't care. And I hung up and I didn't care because for those two years, 14 and 15, until I got my driver's license, obviously on my 16th birthday, 
I had the most fun I've ever had in my life. And by the grace of God, I had no accidents. By the grace of God, I lived to tell about the greatest birthday present I ever got. Because truth be told, we weren't a birthday present family. I rarely got more than socks on my birthday. But I miss my little red Honda 90 because we went all over the city together. Second question, slightly related, from Ethan in Patterson, New Jersey. What kind of car does Whip Bayless currently drive? Motorcycle to car. Good question. I got an answer. Ethan, I have always liked fast cars. I would like to think I've always driven them safely and wisely, but I've had my share of Porsches. I make decent money. I, I, I could pretty much buy any Euro supercar I would want to buy, and my wife Ernestine would be very happy with that. But in 2019, I fell in love with the Corvette ZR1. Understand, I'm not a Corvette guy, never loved them, never even liked them. But the more I read about the ZR1, the more I said, I got to have that car. I was told they didn't make very many in what became the final year of that C7 version of the Corvette. And the deeper we got into the 2019 season or year, the harder it was to find one. Specs I wanted, the colors I wanted. I tried and tried to find one and I couldn't, which finally led me to getting in touch with the people at the Corvette factory in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And would you believe they made me the last ever ZR1 in that C7 line? Just for me, exactly the way I wanted it. 755 horsepower, seven-speed stick shift. Trust me, it is one bad-ass automobile. I read the other day, ZR1 was graded the fastest American car on the road that 2019 was. I don't know if it's true or not, but I buy it. I live it. I just prefer the feel of that car to the Euro cars I've owned. Trust me, the highlight of my day every weekday is driving my ZR1 the short distance from our house to this Fox studio where I do Undisputed. Four o'clock in the morning, just me and my ZR1. I've thought about buying another car, but this is a collector's item. I got a knock on wood here. My ZR1 has given me absolutely no trouble. It, it gets better by the day to me. And all I can say is thank you, Bowling Green. <laughs>